This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Hello, everyone, and Happy New Year. Can you believe we're already into the year 2023? It's pretty amazing. I hope you all had wonderful holidays filled with family and friends. I wanted to say I'm so grateful to have launched this podcast. It's truly been such a pleasure getting to interview so many incredible guests, some old friends and some new friends. And I thought in honor of the new year, I would pick a few of my favorite episodes from 2022 for a very special New Year's best of edition of the Janistine podcast. So let's get to it. First up, my conversation with our very own Dana Perino. You know her here as the co-anchor of America's Newsroom, co-host of The Five, an amazing dog mom, and a wonderful friend. I loved our chat because she took us on a journey of how she got to Fox and gave such great advice to young people starting out in their careers. She's a fabulous human being, and I feel so lucky to know her. Here's part of my interview with Dana Perino. You are a breath of sunshine. I feel a kindred spirit in you. You and I have known each other for, I think, 10 years now. More than that. Yeah. If you think about it, I started as a contributor at Fox in April of 2009. Wow. Yeah. yeah, because I started in 2004 and obviously I remember seeing you. Mm-hmm. But when did mm-hmm. you come here? We moved to we moved up here in November of 2011 when the well the 5 started in July of 2011. Mm-hmm. We were told it was for 5 weeks. <laughs> and then so we Look at, we're in our 12th we year. Wow. So tell me about that. I mean, did you ever see your trajectory coming? No. <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of awesome. Because I always knew I would do something in broadcasting. I didn't quite know what. Um, but where where was your mindset? Well, I wanted to do... So I w- grew up in Denver, and local news in Denver was excellent mm-hmm. for a long time. It, was, it always won all sorts of awards. Um, and I wanted to be a local news anchor. That's what I thought I wanted to do. And yeah. then if you think about it, when back then, I know you were you were raised in Canada, so... Correct. You wouldn't necessarily have known this, but you'd know this now. The the three, well, let's say ABC, CBS, NBC, yep. and PBS, those main anchors for national news were the same guys for like 20 years, mm-hmm. right? It was Peter Jennings and Tom Brokaw, yes. Dan Rather, and the McNeil Lair Hour. Correct. And that's all there was. You're right. So it's, it's there's a saying in mentoring called, um, you have to see her to be her. And it's a really important thing, like bring your daughter to work day. It's one of the reasons I am encouraging of it. I'm not against bringing sons to work as well. But there was something about for girls, especially at that time, it never occurred to me like that I could rise to that level. So local news was my focus. I want to be a local news anchor. I wanted to find a community where I could put down some roots. And I wanted to be I wanted to go to the southwest part of the country where it would be warmer and where I could utilize Spanish because I um, had a minor in Spanish. I love the language, which I can hardly speak anymore. Uh, but well, I, d- I, mean, I, I spoke French as well, <laughs> and I've lost it. I can yeah. understand it. You probably too. understand it, but yeah. to speak it, I'm very uh, shy. Me too. Give me a drink and I'll 
Give it a shot, though. Yes. I, I think if I have a couple beers, the Le Francais yeah. comes out. So I, I ended up, I thought that that's what I wanted to do. And then I started working in local news during graduate school. And to me, it felt very biased. And I didn't even know what bias was. Mm. I grew up in Colorado. Everybody was center right. I didn't, I didn't really know any different. And that was the year in 1994-95 when Republicans won, not just in the Congress, which was a huge win for Republicans. And they won all across the country. So I was in Illinois and I was like, wow, there's a lot of bias here. I, I didn't even know what bias was really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, how do you make your way in this? Like, to, In order to climb up to be a local news anchor... Do you know the climb? This is the most difficult climb. And, and there can be some lucky breaks along the way, but you're going to be moving every two years. You get paid terribly. Mm. And I, was, I, I just felt like, gosh, I just took out a $15,000 student loan yeah. to pay for graduate school to do something I don't want to do. Oh, wow. So you knew- That was a big, horrible kind of moment because at the time your, your horizons are so sh- like right in front of your face. Mm-hmm. When I wrote, and the good news is, there was, obviously it was about the news and all that, but the good news for me was that I had been a planner and a warrior my whole life. And when I finally sat down to write that book, after I've been White House press secretary and now I'm at Fox News, I realized that the good news is you don't, you can worry all you want. It doesn't have anything to do with what's going to happen in your life. Mm. That I look back at all the things I had planned, all the, all the stuff, it, it didn't matter. And so what I'm hoping for, and I know that you have a great message on this as well, is do not worry your young life away. Yeah. Because you'll look back and go, oh, well, I didn't need to worry about that because I ended up at the hockey game and that's how I ended up being at the White House. I, mean, I love like, that you, exactly. When I look back at my trajectory, it's... Oh, your book is so good. When I, I, read, I read that on a plane in, from, from New York to California. I read it in one sitting. I remember you texted me and it meant so much to me because, you know, you especially when you're writing a memoir about your life, mm-hmm. you know, I remember just feeling, oh, my gosh, I'm putting this out there and wanted to be really honest about the whole thing. But I remember the text I got from you and it meant so well, much I texted to me. and I said, can you take a call? <laughs> That's right, because you did because call I me. Said, I feel like compliments like that. You oh. don't want to just do in a text. And I just wanted you to hear it from somebody else oh. that like. I was like, this book is so good. Oh, Dana. And it still is. I still remember it. I highly, highly recommend it oh, to people. Oh, that's so Your trajectory is fun. But it's the same. I, you know, when I look back, sure, I had the schooling and I had a vague idea of what I wanted to do, but it was all the people I met down the line. Uh, and even getting here at Fox, which I talk about in Mostly Sunny, it was from a makeup artist uh, at a local TV station here in New York mm-hmm. that got me in the door here at Fox. You know, and I've always said, if you treat people with respect and kindness, that's always going to come back to you. And so when I look at every job that I've ever gotten, sure, once you get in the door with the boss, you have to kind of show that you can do the job. But if you're kind to people, there's always going to be a path for you. Hmm. I do believe that. Yeah. You know, um, or someone that will help you out. And then I also say, learn everything because I started out in radio. I love ra- I love the podcast because it brings me full circle. You know, I always say, and you, you know this too, when you're on television, not that I don't love being on TV, of course, but people are focused on kind of what you look like. I'm guilty mm-hmm. of that. Today, you look beautiful. You're in mm-hmm. pink. Your hair looks fantastic. <laughs> um, but when you're on the radio, you don't have that distraction. It's a voice. Yeah. I've also um, understood, especially look, look at the, the biggest uh, successful broadcasters, 
there's an intimacy within the through the uh, through the ear. Yep, that's, that's true. That's my friend. Yep, that's my friend. Right. They understand me. Mm-hmm. I get them, and so I think that it's, it's wonderful that you have this podcast. What an outlet. Ah, well, I love listening and I love hearing people's stories, Um, you know, but back to, you know, meeting you, you are somebody that does look at the bright side. And in a world right now, when we've just gotten out of a pandemic, we're still on the tail end of it. It's still all over the news. Um, It's so vicious in this political cycle that we're in. You know, how do you keep looking for that Mm. sunshine? So I think partly it is natural. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, and it, I think that people do have dispositions and I wake up so happy. Oh. It's weird. It drives people crazy. I wake up. I'm like, hi. And then this, and you should, you should see my dream. And then, oh my gosh, you see what I'm going to do today? And then, poor Peter, my husband. I mean, <laughs> well, Peter and Sean are very similar. It takes him a while to like get going in the morning. And I'm like sitting there, you know, tapping my foot and I feel so bad for the dog. I'm like, I know he's so slow. I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> but I, so there was a, there's a naturalness to it, mm-hmm. but, um, my grandfather on the ranch, grandfather on the, on my father's side, a very optimistic person. And one time I had asked him about that and he said, well, as a rancher, you have to be mm. because you have to believe that it's all going to be okay. Right. You know, like you can't control so many of the things with the weather in particular. And a mm-hmm. lot of you know, we're seeing that all across the country right now. Um, but then I also, as I went up through working on Capitol Hill, uh, I was part of a really great church group, a singles group, um, at the Lutheran Church there on Capitol Hill in D.C. And I went through tough times, of course, there, as everybody does in the 25, when you're around 25, that's like a miserable, it's a great time to be alive, but it's also- It's hard. It's, you're just having this quarter-life crisis going, wait, my whole life that I had planned. envisioned and planned is not turning out the way it's supposed to be. And there was a woman in our group, she was slightly older than all of us. Her husband was uh, had severe depression. And- she was trying to do her best to, to like get out and do some things for herself. So she came to our singles group and I was talking about some worries one day. And she said, remember that God says, fear not. Mm. And I started thinking about that a little bit more. I looked up the Bible verses. Do you know how many times in the Bible, both Old Testament and New Testament, it says to not worry? Mm. And then I learned a little bit more that is true in Judaism. It is true in Islam. And in Buddhism and probably others that I've never even heard of, that American Americans, humans, sorry, have a biological need to worry so that they can stay alive and be aware of the dangers. And but we but then you have God saying, I got it. Yeah. So sometimes for me, Let's say things look really bad. I, I could tell you how terrible the country is. I could t- I could go on and on. I, I report the news. Sometimes you just have to make a choice. Mm. Like, do you think it's going to get better? And maybe, maybe it's just ultimately everything's going to be okay because God's in charge. Yeah. Sometimes that's the best you can do. Right. I I think that more people have to think that way to sort of give it up to God sometimes. Mm -hmm. We'll be back with more of my favorite interviews right after this. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Next up, we revisit my interview with dear friend Kathy Lee Gifford, legendary TV personality and author. She sat down with me for the podcast not once, but twice. And I was so grateful for her time and great advice about the importance of forgiveness. Okay, my okay, friend. Okay, let's do this. I, I love that you came back. I grabbed you from the green room because you were on Fox and Friends and we're such good friends. And I wanted to talk about something that kind of went viral. We had a podcast a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. and we were talking about your new book. Yes, The the Way and The God of the Way. The new book, is the book's called The God of the Way and The Way is the movie that goes with mm-hmm. it. Yep. And I brought up the fact that, you know, you believe in forgiveness and, and that is... Not for the person you're forgiving, but it's for the person that carries the weight of like anger or in my case, anger and grief when it came to Andrew Cuomo. And it was an innocent question because I wanted to ask you how you forgive someone that really I feel hurt so many people, including my family. Um, And then, you know, I think people read the headline and it said Kathy Lee urges Janice Dean to forgive Andrew Cuomo. And people didn't read the article and they didn't listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. And so they were angry. Why should she forgive Andrew Cuomo? Look at what he did. And and I was hurt by it because we're such good friends. And you meant that for me, not for him. You know, it, it, um, thank you, Janice. You know, I, I was in Israel when that came out. I, was, I just saw a headline and I went, oh, oh, why is this a why is this a news story? Right. Because in context, we were talking about <clears throat> your healing. Yes. Your healing from not only the grief of losing two people you love very, very much, but your, and, and I said even to you, your sense of justice. You want justice for all of the families who lost loved ones. Mm-hmm. And for, you know, and, and too many of our politicians use their power for all, all kinds of different reasons. And I was trying not to be political about it. I was trying to just say this. We've all had unjust things happen to us in yes. our lives. How are we supposed to deal with it? So, so yes, forgiveness is at the absolute core of the Christian faith. The Judeo-Christian faith is what I believe in. I am a, a Messianic, or some people would say a completed Jew. I am a Jewish woman who believes that Jesus is the Messiah. And no living example of love ever walked this earth more than Jesus Yeshua did. And he lived by forgiveness, hanging on the cross with people jeering at him, saying, you saved others, you can't save yourself, you know, just mockery. People don't even realize that Jesus was naked. They, that was part of what the Romans did. They stripped you bare naked just to further humiliate you. And not only that, but to warn other people that were passing by because they, the Romans would line their streets. The most, the most uh, uh, traversed road is where they'd put up hundreds of them, hundreds of the people that were causing trouble, stripped naked, bare left to die, and, and at eyesight, not up on a hill, no, eyesight. So you you got to see the suffering as you're walking by. Mm-hmm. 
He forgave them from the cross. Forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing like that story. I am not capable of that kind of forgiveness. You know, I'm not God, but I follow him. And he gives me strength to do things that I cannot do in my own humanity. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was trying to say for you, because I know we have been talking throughout this this whole process and how how low you would get and how discouraged you would get and uh, especially discouraged when you couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel for for covid and for um and the judicial process to perhaps you know uh, come to some sort of a an end one way or the other what's the answer yeah. is anybody going to leave is anybody going to lose their job is anybody going to say i'm sorry accountability I mean, accountability and we have less and less and less of it all the time yeah in, in our world, in every way, in almost every institution we used to have faith in. I have none anymore. Mm. I have faith in Jesus, and that's it. Wow. That's it. And us uh, from living a long, long time and seeing a lot of garbage go down the pike and, and, and being disappointed uh, over and over and over again in human nature. You so know, I wanted it for you, sweetie. Of course, and I understood that. I'm a very forgiving person when someone admits they're wrong. Mm-hmm, like. Mm-hmm. I always said that if Cuomo had called families, if he had said, I made one of the biggest mistakes of my career, I'm going to spend the rest of my career making it right. If he had written condolence notes, if he had done something that showed that he was remorseful, I would have forgiven him. Right. I would have. No, I get that. I understand that. And I hope to get there. My point is, I'm not there yet, but I so appreciate that message because it would be a great relief on me, mm-hmm. you know, if, mm-hmm. if I... I know, sweetie. Yeah. And I want I want that for you. I know that if I, could, if I couldn't have forgiven my husband, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's what happens is the root of bitterness takes hold. When we hold on to something that has happened to us, some, some injustice, and we do not forgive, uh, it becomes almost like a cancer that takes root and t- then takes over. And 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 Jesus talked a lot about that, you know. No, no, no. That don't be beware of that. And and somebody once said to me, if you if you had the cure for cancer, would you tell everybody about it? And I go, well, of course. What kind of a human being would not tell suffering people? I've got the cure for you. Here, let's get it. Let's get you. I feel like I have the cure for the malignancies in our souls. Mm and it, and it has a name his name is yeshua jesus mm. and he um if we follow his example you know i've dear atheist friends who who do not believe that jesus was the son of the of god or the savior of the world but they say no greater life was ever lived and no greater example of how to live life was ever exemplified more than Jesus. So let's just do what he said to do, because he was right all the time. Yeah. You know, just forgive. Even just say the words, and an and amazing thing happens. The minute you forgive, hate cannot live where love does. Hmm. When you choose love, the love of God, even for a person that's done you wrong, it's really about God's love for that person. We can't manufacture on our own, but we can we can say, Lord, help me forgive this person and help this person find their way in life. Help them see what they've done. Help them see ways to make it right, Lord. Start, you know, it's not, then it's not about us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, 
you know, I'm preaching to my own choir. There are things in my life right now I'm struggling with, you know, forgiveness about. Mm. But it, it always just brings me back to that same place of, Lord, you've already told me what I'm supposed to do for my own good. Yeah. Let's talk about the hurricane because yeah. a lot of people are dealing with loss and hurt and getting up and not having their house, their yes, belongings. all their familiar things. Oh, my goodness. I just, you know— Covering something like that and trying to warn people of a force of nature is is hard. And then afterwards, you do see the goodness in humanity coming out. Sometimes you know? it's the only place we see it, you yeah. know, immediately sitting stranger helping stranger. I love those stories. They give us hope. They do. What do you tell the people in Florida who don't have anything right now and need to hold on? You know, all I can do is say you aren't alone. Obviously, you're speaking to someone right now, so you're not alone. There is there are, there are human beings who truly do care about you. I sent a check to Samaritan's Purse because I know I know the family. I came to know the, my faith came through Billy Graham's organization, and and I got tired years ago of sending money to these huge, huge organizations. That later I'd hear about what they were spending uh, on their galas and on their whatevers, and then what 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 how much of the money was actually going to the people that they say they cared about. Be careful where you send your money. Mm. You know, just I'm not telling you who to send it to. I'm just telling you who I sent it to because I also know they do it in the in the love of the Lord. Mm. They they take care of the whole person. They don't just feed them. You know, they 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 love on them and share God's hope with them while they're feeding them. And however you can get help, I'm all for. But just watch. I want to be a better steward of my money. I have less of it like everybody else every day because of inflation. Mm-hmm. I want to be a good steward. So um, people who've lost everything, you know what? It's it's sort of like interesting to me that whether you were in a mansion in Marco Island or, the, or in Naples or so many of these people that live in the, in the trailers, the mobile homes, you know, it, what you have is what you have, though, and it's precious to you. And it's memories. And it's, you know, we, we define so much in our world in a monetary way. Mm. But but the true valuable things in life are not the monetary things. You know, a person who's elderly and living in a mobile home and whose husband has died or something and had one picture of her husband and that's gone. To me that that makes me cry. Yeah. You know, we'll give we'll she'll, we'll find a way to get her a, a new place to live. But she doesn't have that picture to comfort her anymore. And that's that's when the love of the Lord comes to you and you ends up and you know what you say to yourself I'm going to spend more time with her yeah I'm going to spend more time with her and let her sit there and talk to me about him tell me her memories let's get a let's get a, a painter in here somebody that can draw from just and and have her describe him we'll be back with more of my favorite interviews right after this this episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Next, one of the coolest interviews ever. Many of you know I got my start in broadcasting as a classic rock DJ. So to be able to get back to my roots and sit down with the bassist of Foreigner, Jeff Pilson, was so much fun. We had an in-depth conversation about his incredible career and how the band is still bringing energy to their songs even after two decades. 
And our interview was even more special because Foreigner just recently announced that 2023 will be their farewell tour together. If you would like to find out if the band will be visiting your city, you can head to their website at foreigneronline.com. Jeff promised me he will come back and do the podcast before they finish up their tour. So I look forward to that. This is exciting. I mean, uh, you've been here. We When was Forney here last? Every single day for the last several years. <laughs> uh, no, I actually, I couldn't tell you for sure, but I believe, I want to say 19 or 20. Okay. I think either early, early, early 20, obviously, right. or 19. And how long have you been with the band? Oh, yeah, yeah. This is year... This is year 19 coming up. Oh my up. gosh, congratulations. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. What is it like getting up at 5 a.m. to perform? Um, well, you know, we do a fair amount of this, so it's not uh, as foreign as you might think. No pun intended. <laughs> um, but uh, it's not our usual rocking hours. <laughs> in the in the earlier days, would you, if you had to do an early morning performance, would you just kind of stay up all night and then do it? You know what? I might have tried that a time or two in the day, but it just, it, it you know, even, I mean, as, as depraved as I ever got, I never, I was always too pro to do that. So, oh, good for you. Yeah, I tried anyway. Because you do have to rest. Well, you got to take, I mean, you, listen, 30 years ago, things were a lot different yeah. <laughs> and how I took care of myself, I had a different definition, but um, uh, no, but even then I was always cognizant of, hey, when I'm performing, I got to do my best. Mm -hmm. I listened to your sound check. Uh, I mean, I want to know what love is, is such a classic song and it has, you know, has been around for so long, but is still so true to this day. Mm -hmm. Well, it's talking about love and I think we all, I mean... I think on our journey of life, we all get to the point where we decide, wow, what, what means something to me? What's yeah. important to me? What is love? And uh, I think that that song, for some reason, just puts you in the mood to kind of accept the world as love. I mean, to, it, it's a very open up and everyone hold hands kind of song. I mean, it has that effect no matter where we are in the world. If they don't speak a word of English, they somehow know that song and they know those words. When I was in my office and I heard that song, I got goosebumps. And I, you know, and I've heard it from decades now. Well, that's because you have extremely good taste in music. <laughs> but okay, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. But there is something special about that song. Yeah, there is. There is. It's and magic. It is magic. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think now more than ever, we need that kind of music. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Uh, and in fact, you know, that's something we talk about a lot when we're on the road. We, we talk about, let's come together, people. Let's, let's all come together. And, and a song like that will really do that. It really does that. It has that effect. And we've had some really positive moments where I can tell the audience is, is moved. And, you know, I mean, we're just the messenger at that point, but uh, it's a great feeling and it's a honor and a privilege to do it. I mean, that's a great song, but what are some of the other songs where well, you... Well, we've got Cold as Ice, we've got Hot Blooded, we've got Waiting for a Girl Like You, we've got I Want um, Feels Like the First Time, and we got Double Vision. I mean, there's so many. It, there really is. Yeah. And I come from a background, one of my first jobs out of college was as a classic rock DJ, so uh -huh. I played a lot of Foreigner. Oh, wow. And Well, it, but you were only in college a couple years oh, ago, that's so... so and, and you too, like you were just a toddler. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I did. I remember, you know, there were some songs that I was like, oh my gosh, I've heard this so many times. I'm going to take a bathroom break. But I have to say, and I'm not just, you know, blowing smoke up your skirt. I am. I really do believe that these songs, you hear them and you don't get tired of them. No, you don't. I mean, listen, a classic song is a classic recording is uh, is timeless. And that's the goal of every recording is to make a timeless recording. And I think, you know, and I wasn't there when they did them, but uh, the original recordings are just incredible. Uh, the vocals, the guitars, everything, just really great. The melodies, great. I mean, the performance is amazing, timeless and emotional. Yeah. And I think emotion is timeless. I agree. I want to talk about Okay, your life before Foreigner, though, because you have been with a few bands. I have, yeah. Well, I was, you know, in Dokken in the 1980s, which was pretty known well, well known as, I'm, I'm doing air quotes, heavy metal band. Um, really, we were just a rock band like every other rock band. But <laughs> so I was in uh, Dio in the, I mean, uh, Dokken in the 80s. And then in the 90s, I was in uh, Dio, which was a really, really wonderful experience. What are similarities between those bands and what are some of the differences? Well, you know, it's funny. A lot of people ask me the difference between being in Dokken and Dio versus Foreigner. And I will answer that less of a difference than you might think. Mm. As heavy as those bands were, um, we emulated guys like Foreigner because they were heavy bands, but they had these great songs and great choruses and all that. So um, really... When you see Foreigner live, you see a very high-energy show. And that's really the same thing I've done with other bands. You know, it's always been high-energy stuff. And even if the bands were a little bit heavier, uh, Foreigner is actually a little bit heavier when you see us live because the energy is so powerful. Wow. So um, so less of a difference than you might think. Great performing is, you know, it should you should always be giving 150% anyways. Right. So, um, and if you're doing it with the right energy... Uh, it's always going to be very, very much in your face, and that's how I like it. There's something about the music in the 70s and 80s that it's, you know, it sticks in your brain. And when I'm walking, I usually put my earbuds in and I'll listen to music, and it's usually throwbacks to the time that we were, you were creating music. What do you think it is about that genre of music that just, you know, stands the test of time? You know, I think... Part of it is that the music industry was far less corporate and not run by accountants as much. <laughs> you know, it was run by music people, you know, yeah. the Ahmed Erdogans of the world who were tremendous visionaries musically. Um, that's not really the case anymore. It's it's much more a boardroom is running things. Um, so back then you had artistic people in the business allowing artistic people to get exposure. Uh, and so I think you you got the best out of the artists that way. And I think the artists um, were given the nurturing that they needed to really come up with amazing, inspired, magical music. Yeah. And not that that doesn't exist today. Of course it does. But back then, the atmosphere was so fertile for that. And, you know, that's something I miss today. Mm-hmm. What do you think of bands covering your music? Oh, I love it. Are you kidding? I mean, I remember Chris Daughtry did a version of Feels Like the First Time, you know, it was probably a good 10 years ago, 10, 12 years ago, and it was fabulous. And I remember thinking, wow, he made it sound like a contemporary rock song without without destroying it. It was yeah. really, really cool. So I love it when that happens. I, th- mm-hmm. I think it's great.
There's been a lot of remixes. You know, Cold as Ice is in a million, you know, big remixes and stuff. It's great. Right. How do you get the, I mean, when you go out on stage and you've, you've done these songs so many times, how do you bring the new energy to it? Well, number one, it's passion. You know, yeah. we, we have a genuine passion. Everybody in the band genuinely loves the music. Mm-hmm. We love each other. We love to play together. And, I, and I'm, I'm not blowing smoke up any other places. <laughs> okay? I mean, but we honestly do. We love to make music together. Um, we know that it's, it's a privilege you know, I mean, listen, there's a lot of mu- musicians that aren't working, mm-hmm. you know, and the pandemic really destroyed a lot of musicians. We, you know, we didn't get, play live, but we had things to do at least. Um, so we know we're very fortunate and um, we're passionate about what we do. And we are absolutely determined to take the vision of Foreigner and do the very, very best we can with it. And we do that every night. And, and- it's awesome because we had two years of staying in our houses and not going anywhere and not being with groups of people. You must see sort of that renewed energy. Well, I do. And I also sense that it's a little different. Mm. People have been affected by this. Yeah. This is honestly something I, I, I feel it myself. I can feel I'm, I'm a little different. You know, it's and I don't even want to say it's all negative because I think a lot of people had some introspection that they needed. Mm-hmm. I know I did. Um but it's different. It's a different world now. It's a little bit different. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's a little hard to accept. But overall, I see people moving towards positive energy and coming back. It's a slower process than I would have thought, but it's coming. What did you do during those two years? Well, um, you know, I'm very fortunate. I have a beautiful recording studio attached to my home. So I spent a lot of time in there. Uh, Foreigner did a couple of different little projects musically. Um, but, uh, I got to do a couple other records and I, you know, so I spent a lot of time in my studio and then like the rest of America, Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I was also with my family, which, you know, I have a daughter that just graduated from high school. So getting to spend two years with her before she, you know, she's going to UCLA in the fall. So, Wow. You know, it was, it was actually, I, for me, it was, it was actually a positive experience, but I understand for a lot of people. I think that you're, like you said, it's both things. I enjoyed spending time at home with my Mm -hmm. family Mm -hmm. and appreciating that. Right. Uh, And, you know, and we saw the, the terrible tragedy that happened as well. Last but not least, my conversation with the anchor of Fox News Sunday, the lovely Shannon Bream. We chatted about her career, the importance of health and faith in our lives, and came up with an idea to pitch a show starring us on a cross-country tour. What do you think of that? The Bream Dean Dream Team. I can see it now. Maybe coming to a city near you. Here's my conversation with Shannon. What were we calling ourselves before the the Bream Dean Dream Team? I know. Right? 2024, are you up? Of course. We're doing <laughs> Is it. America ready for us? Oh my gosh, I think we could. I think we would win. I think there's a lane for us, as they say. <laughs> what would be our slogan? Uh, snacks for all. <laughs> <laughs> snacks for all would be a start. I think we're in. Shenanigans and snacks. Do we have to fill out any paperwork? I think 
there's this FEC thing about like, should we put up a website and start soliciting donations? Like we're going to get in trouble with the ethics right from day one of our campaign. All of a sudden, you know, HR is coming down and saying, what are you ladies talking Um, about? We're running for the White House. (laughs) We're here to save America. Well, we have been to the White House. You actually took me to the White House Christmas party several years ago. And it touched my heart because I think I was on a vacation with my family and I get a text from you and you said that you're wonderful husband um sheldon was doing something else yeah, and you could go. have a plus one mm-hmm. and would i be interested and i just thought oh my goodness what a, out of all the people you could have invited to the white house christmas party you picked me i picked the party animal <laughs> like i know who's gonna be a good time at the white house party i have a picture it popped up the other day in my memories it's of you and me and michelle obama and president obama and there we are at the white house in our finery yes and um, by the way side note that was the very first time i ever rented a dress from rent the runway Are you still renting the runway? I am renting the runway. I do it for jewelry a lot now, too. Sorry, this is not a plug. I am not a paid endorser. You know what? Part of the podcast is I do want to ask my very special guests who made the Dean's List, what are things that you can't live without? Mm -hmm. You know, and for us, I mean, listen, you don't. Our wardrobe is a big part of our life. It is. And it's expensive. And a lot of people Mm -hmm. think we make gargantuan amounts (laughs) of money, which we don't. Mm -hmm. Um, And it can support our wardrobe Mm -hmm. of an outfit every one out of 365 days. I know. And I feel like people sometimes are like, didn't you just wear that three weeks ago on Twitter? And I'm like, yeah, but it's my favorite blazer and I'm going to keep wearing it. Actually, I think that's good. I like it when people post pictures of, here's Janice Dean wearing the same dress four times. Right, because normal people do that. That's right, exactly. And we're not men and we love the men that work at Fox, uh, but they get to wear suits and literally they could wear the same suit every day with a different tie. Remember the guy who did that? I think it was in Australia. He did it as an experiment. He did not tell anyone. And he wore the same suit. I think it was for a year. Uh, Yeah. Can you imagine if we wore the the same same dress dress every day? I think after like day three, there'd be a call. (laughs) Like, what's going on? You know, did you get evicted? Why don't you have any other clothes but that dress you're wearing? But Rent the Runway did some great things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because, and if people don't know what it is, it's you you go online, you pay a monthly fee, and Mm -hmm. you have a huge pick of wardrobe choices. They mail them to your home or your office. And then once you wear it, you mail it back. Right. Yeah, I think it's a very economical thing. And what I think is fun is they have a counter on there that will say, this is the value of everything that you've rented. Mm. So if you rent like a $2,000 evening gown or something for like 50 bucks, it's a really cool deal. And so they'll tell you like over your lifetime, you've rented hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of clothes. Yeah. And you never had to buy them. I think it's really smart. Listen, the women who came up with that were geniuses. Yes. Mm -hmm. What are things that you can Cannot live without. Okay. Um, besides Sheldon and Biscuit. Oh, I know we have to talk about them the because ones. they really are. They're the number ones. I mean, Janice knows. Um, poor Janice was visiting <laughs> me a couple weekends ago and Biscuit latched on to you. That's okay. Like she, with those puppy dog eyes, she's staring at you constantly like, Janice, I love you. Please take me home with you. She's taking pictures, you. right, of Biscuit staring at her. Oh my gosh. I think it's she's, more like, are you going to feed me? Are there going to be treats? <laughs> she's very into the treats as am I. So it's like, <laughs> (laughs) mother like daughter um you know what there are little things i love little hacks along the way i would say run the runway is a fun one i have ladies if you are the same age as janice and i which is 15 fabulous we are seasoned um we are um i find that lipstick 
will bleed. You know, if you put it on, it yes. bleeds. So I found this thing at Sephora a few years ago. Again, okay. not a paid endorser. Um, I just like it because it's a lip liner, but you actually, it's clear and it's waxy. And so you use it outside your lip line and it traps anything oh. from feeding into those little lines around your lips. Can I like, you put it them. all over my face? Yes. Or <laughs> fill in like, I'm curved around my eyes. I'm using it. It's just for <laughs> lips, but I put it everywhere. Um, and that's just one of those little things that when I find something like that, I like to share it with people because mm-hmm. um, it's inexpensive, but it solves a problem. Yeah. You know, so I, I like that. When HDTV oh, came no. in, it's it was friend. like, we, it's not our friend. Even when I was 20, it's like in hotel rooms, <laughs> the worst possible lighting ever. It like crushes your soul to get ready in, in a hotel. You are such a beautiful person. I, girl, you know what I'm talking about. Like every little thing is on there. And I'm like, is that what I really look like in real life? I'm scaring myself. <laughs> well, I've always said that I will. <laughs> Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> I told you this. Uh, you know, I hate my neck. I've always hated my neck. So I want to make a gigantic light <laughs> I, I can know. wear on my neck. Right. So the light will come right. up and it's gonna hide be like a everything. Belt. It's going to be a belt that when you see us walking down the street, jutting out from our waist will be a light that points upward to our neck and face area. So when people will say like, oh my gosh, you look so good. I'm like, do you know what kind of lighting we have on TV? And if we could walk around with that. Yes. And listen, people do weird things like that sounds ridiculous but think about some of the things that you see people doing and wearing that are so ridiculous like there will come a time I'm going to predict when the light belt thing Dean Bream light belt apparatus is happening Dean Bream light belt machine (laughs) I can hear the cash registers already (laughs) well I mean when you take selfies they have the lighting around the phone and you hold them above you Like, we know all the tricks. When I see somebody taking a picture from down below, I'm like, no, no, no. Right. You have to correct that. I Can I tell this story really quick? Yes. My very first book, I, when I went on the book tour, was so fun. We went places like the Villages and other places where we met tons of Fox fans and family and friends. And so Anna, my assistant at the time, who was six feet tall with no heels, yeah. um, former Division One volleyball player, very competitive, very talented in so many ways, she was the greatest picture taker because she's already above you, yes. like, taking the picture. So when people would come through the line and they hand their cell phone like okay I need a selfie you know you're trying to do it kind of quickly and sign the mm-hmm. book and meet people but Anna was a pro she would stand above you already six feet tall and take this thing a selfie where like no one has any neck wrinkles everything looks good <laughs> from above and at this one place that we were at I will not name it but it was a bookstore and there was a lady there who refused to let anyone else take pictures she's like no we handle it we keep the line moving whatever she literally sat on a footstool so she's taking it from like our midsection. Oh, up. no. I'm like, every picture that is happening today, I can't even think about the nice people that I'm meeting. Or I'm just thinking about all these pictures going onto Facebook and Twitter and everywhere forever from below my 50-year-old neck and face. Oh, stop. You are beautiful. But listen, if you're a man listening, we love you. If you're going to take a picture of your wife or your girlfriend or whoever, always do it from above. Take it upstairs. And we will love you forever. Mm-hmm. And you know the men who are trained. You see them doing it and you're like, oh, she's really trained him. Like, he knows <laughs> Right up here. Start up above. (laughs) You are one of the nicest people. And, you know, I talk about this on the podcast. I've interviewed a lot of Fox friends, and we always talk about the secret sauce. And I think the secret sauce here is the people that you see on TV are really the people that you know in real life are like that. It's true. And you are maybe even more than that. You outshine your personality on television. Well, it's true. And people know that we're buddies and you have a Janice Dean bedroom in your home. I do. The the Janice Bream. Janice, I I gave you Bream. You've married into the family now. Um, Janice Dean Sweet. Yeah. 
Well, Marie loves me. I know my mom is your biggest fan. And I've told this story many times about how there was literally a hurricane coming to Florida where my parents live. They're up in the panhandle. So thank God that they are, they escaped Ian. But we have so many family and friends in the middle of Florida who are really struggling. And thankfully, they have uh, a lot of optimism and they're all helping each other, which is a beautiful thing with whatever they have. Mm -hmm. But this particular time, there's something moving into the panhandle. And my mom, I'm on the phone with her like, mom, you guys need to pack up the car and like go inland a little bit go see your friends in Alabama or do something no 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 we're gonna be fine I finally get Janice and I'm like Janice you have got to tell my parents leave you literally mentioned Marie on TV the next time I called her she was in the fo- in the car Aww. they had packed up because she'll listen to you mm. Marie trusts you well listen that brings up a, a good point you're from Florida we just had an unbelievably devastating hurricane we've got over a hundred deaths and to be honest with you it's not an exact science I think the messaging should have been people all along the West Coast need to be pay attention. We did focus on Tampa because when you go to meteorology class, mm-hmm. there are very vulnerable spots across the U.S., New Orleans being one of them. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay is yep. also one of the most vulnerable places yep. on the planet for a hurricane to move in. It will you know, devastate that region. The water has mm-hmm. nowhere to go. It will overtop homes. Mm-hmm. And so we did focus on that. And then when we saw the track move southward towards the Fort Myers area, a lot of us are like, we should have been better at the messaging because it always happens that, especially Florida, I find it's been really hard to forecast an exact pinpoint of landfall where the worst of the winds and the Mm -hmm. rain are going to move through. And I remember early on, we were talking about your mom and early on the forecast was for the panhandle. Right. And so I was sending you all of this information. Um, But people in Florida... I mean, are very protective of their homes, their mm-hmm. land. And we have just gone through a pandemic. And I think a lot of people were like, you know what? We've just gone through so much. A lot of people don't have the money to evacuate. Right. Um, so we have to sort of, you know, forgive ourselves a little mm-hmm. bit. Sometimes the storm comes in. It it doesn't go as planned. Mm-hmm. And people are, are still going to stay. What do you say about that? Yeah. Having grown up there and been through many storms um, and near misses as a kid growing up in Florida, I think those of us who are there get kind of battle hardened. Like, okay, I know how to put up the plywood. You fill up the tub with water. You eat everything in the freezer. We used to love it. My mom would be like, well, we're going to have to eat all the ice cream, which, you know, we always had ice cream in our house. Yeah. Because it's going to, everything's going to melt. So it was almost like a, a party atmosphere, like trying to make the best of it. Mm-hmm. And so you get so used to going through that time and time again. I think that people feel like we know how to ride this out. We've yeah. done it before. But when, something like Ian shows up, you don't, you can't ride that out. That's it for now. I hope you enjoyed a little taste of some of my favorite podcasts from 2022. I look forward to all the fabulous conversations we're going to have in the year ahead. If you want to listen to the full interviews, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. I'd like to thank all of you again for tuning in every week to the Janice Dean podcast. Your support means the world to me, and I am truly grateful for each and every one of you. I wish you health and happiness going into the new year, and I will have so much more to come real soon. Thank you to all of my listeners. If you have someone you think should make the Dean's List, let me know at Janice Dean on Twitter or Janice Dean FNC on Instagram, or you can rate this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or at foxnewspodcast.com. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. And don't forget to spread the sunshine.